Welcome to Lipstick Fitties, a beauty podcast. I'm your host, Atlanta makeup artist and content creator, Rachel Rose Mazza. I created this podcast to have unfiltered conversations about all things beauty. We're chilling with my friends and colleagues from all over the world in all different walks of life. This goes way beyond the glossy facade of social media. Sometimes we don't get to know the personalities behind the people who create with their heart and soul. I'm talking to everyone from pro makeup artists to beauty enthusiasts, from influencers to entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. Lipstick Biddies is a community we're building that is truly interactive with you listeners. So if you're someone who wants to learn some shit, get inspired, and have a good-ass time, this podcast is for you. Who are the faces behind the faces? Keep listening to find out. Hello, biddies. Welcome back to the Lipstick Biddies podcast. This is Rachel here, your host. So happy to have you back. Thank you for tuning in. As every week, I thank you so much for your support. I love you all, and you all have been just amazing, amazing people. I love talking to you, and just so happy to um, be talking to you again this week. So guess what? Today is going to be a solo episode, and it's going to be a Pride-themed episode because your girl is queer, and it is Pride Month, so we should be talking about that, right? Um, I've actually never really told my story in depth, and I want to tell it a little bit, uh, give you like a perspective of a queer woman, a bisexual woman, um, and yeah, like like a little bit about me and my story and um, the challenges that I face and that the community faces, um, specifically bisexuals um, and other people that um, are in the marginalized groups within the LGBTQIA community. Because pride is not just about gay cis white men. Let's just put that out there because a lot of times it can feel like it is. Anyways, so this episode is all going to be about pride and my story. So if you are interested in that and you want to learn a little bit more about me, it's going to be a very personal episode I'm doing with you guys. Um, So, you know, I hope this resonates with you guys and uh, you guys are able to learn something um, about me and about more about this community. So before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that if you like this episode, if you like this content and this podcast, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe um, in the Apple Podcast Store. That is so important to reach a broader audience. I really appreciate your reviews and I read every single one of them. Make sure to, if you're enjoying this uh, episode and you want to take a screenshot, to tag me at Lipstick Biddies and at Rachel Rose Makeup. That you're sharing, you're reposting is truly the best way to reach a broader audience and spread the word about this amazing Lipstick Biddies community that we're building together because you guys are like in with me in the beginning. Even though this has been going on for eight months, guys, it's still fresh. (laughs) We're still fresh. You guys are still like the OGs. You guys that are listening right now live, you guys are the OGs of the Lipstick Biddies community. Um, So... Of course, sharing, like I said, sharing, rate, review, and subscribe. Another way that you could support this podcast is by joining our Patreon community, which is amazing. Hey, shout out to my Patreon subscribers. Um, If you are interested in having a more immersive experience with this podcast community, your sign up with the Patreon includes access to a private Lipstick Biddies community Facebook group. We have about almost 30 people in there now. It's kind of crazy. And we have discussions in there 
together and you're able to network with uh, artists and beauty enthusiasts. So if you want to have a little bit more of an intimate experience and a little bit more access to me in an intimate way, the Patreon and signing up for that is going to give you access to that Facebook group, which is going to give you another layer to this conversation. So um, thank you all who have already signed up. Your subscription is going to include that. It also includes monthly giveaways and also a podcast shout out. So shout out to my newest patron, Sajir, um, at S. Kelsing Artistry. Thank you so much for joining the Patreon. I really, really appreciate you. The link is in the show notes to sign up for the Patreon. The lowest tier is less than the price of a lipstick, y'all. And you are supporting me as a small creator because this show is a one woman. It is a one woman show, as I always say. Um, I have no back end, so this takes about ten hours a week at minimum to run the podcast and the Instagram page, along with being a full time working makeup artist. So your support really does mean the world, and it can help me to create better, um, more frequent, and and better quality content for you all in the future. One more thing um, is I'm going to be doing a Lipstick Biddies meetup in New York City. If you are a local New York biddy or if you'd like to travel into New York to meet us, it's going to be on July 24th and it's going to be in New York City. The time and location is going to be TBD, but I would love to meet some of you, especially I would love to meet the people I haven't gotten a chance to meet. It's going to be really fun. Um, I'm going to be actually recording an episode at this meetup, so if you come, you'll be able to be on the podcast as well. Um, So I have a lot of fun things planned. I'll have some of my merch available for the first people. uh, The first people that are going to have access to the merch are the people that come to the meetup. And it's going to be really exciting. I'm really excited to meet you all. So make sure to stay tuned to the Instagram if you want to be in the loop for the New York City meetup. Again, it is going to be on Saturday, July 24th in New York City. One last thing before we start this episode, again, this is Pride Month, so one of the things that I'm doing for Pride Month and the reason, one of the reasons why I'm doing this whole episode is to raise awareness and funds for LGBTQIA community uh, resources and organizations that support these um, communities. So the one that I am going to be donating to at the end of the month is called Lost and Found Youth. The link to them is in the show notes if you'd like to donate to them. They are an Atlanta-based nonprofit that specifically helps homeless youth, which homelessness disproportionately affects LGBTQIA um, youth more than um regular um more than people that aren't more than regular youth more more than people that are not in that community because people oftentimes get kicked out of their homes when they are found out to be identifying with that community so it's really um a big problem and it's something that this organization lost and found youth is working very hard to address um so this month if you donate to lost and found youth or any lgbtqia supporting organizations such as the trevor project such as p flag there's so many of them if you donate and you send me the receipt to lipstickbitties at gmail.com i will be matching all donations so please 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 even if you can donate just a dollar i would love to raise i mean i would love to raise like a hundred dollars like at minimum um, i'm going to be obviously putting in my own personal direct donation but your donation are going to be matched as well. So um, thank you in advance to everybody who is supporting and those of you who have donated already. It is so, so, so appreciated. Again, everything will be in the show notes that I just spoke about. 
So without further ado, let's get into the episode. My pride story. This is so interesting because I've never, um, I feel like I've never like told like, sit down everybody, let's tell the tale of how Rachel realized that she liked women (laughs) as well as men. (laughs) So I want to start out with the fact that um, growing up, um, a lot of people who, and before I also, way before I get into the story, I am talking about this story from my perspective. This is one perspective. This is my personal perspective and opinion. If I'm giving facts, I'll let you know that they're facts, but this is from my perspective. So every person who identifies in this community um, is going to have a different life experience, is going to have a different perspective, even if it's literally like a you know, bisexual, queer woman that may look like me, may dress like me or whatever, they're going to have a different experience than me. So um, it's important to have these conversations with people. If you're interested in learning more about that, um, ask, you know, talk to people. Um, Everybody's going to have a different conversation. But I wanted to share my story specifically so that you guys can learn a little bit more about me. Um, And if you're listening and you identify with that community, that you can feel like you have another ally or someone that, you know, you can relate to if you're in this community and you're not fully out um, and you know I can provide a little bit of comfort and a little bit of like insight into what life could be like once you're out of the closet the good the bad the ugly the beautiful the amazing things that I've um, encountered being more vocal and visible as a queer woman in uh, 2021 so let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. So, um, I always was attracted to women and a lot of people say that, um, you know, different people have different, um, experiences realizing that they're uh, attracted to both genders. And my very first crush was a woman, (laughs) guys, my very first, before I was attracted to men, my very first crush was on a woman. And she was like a, well, when I say woman, I mean a girl. It was literally in like middle school. Like as soon as I started hitting puberty and being like, "Mm, what is that feeling? And I was having dreams about this girl, guys. Like she was in my dreams. I was like, you know, like kissing her in my dreams, having all these dreams about her. And um, they were hot and steamy for like a middle schooler. You know, we're all exploring our bodies. So I definitely got into that like pretty quickly. Um, So it's just funny to think about that my very first crush was on a woman. Uh, But, you know, as I started getting into, you know, my routine, started, you know, liking uh, men, it became like pretty confusing, honestly, because um, especially if your first crush is on a woman, you're like, why am I now attracted to men? I thought I was a lesbian kind of thing. Um, And then it just became pretty clear that like I was just attracted to people and I was just attracted to um, people's personalities, um, not so much how they looked. Except when I was younger, it definitely was more like male or female. As I've gotten older, I think it's more expanded more into all different types of genders. But I'm talking about like when I first kind of figured this out, it definitely was more like it has to be like a girly girl or a manly man. It was very much like a gender binary in my head as far as my attraction went towards people. Um, but the thing about the, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because if you've listened to past episodes, like the episode with Grant, who's actually he's going to be on for part two next week. So keep an eye out for that. Um, the part one with Grant, we kind of talked about this in when I was in high school in like 2002, you know, when we started dating from 2002 to 2006, there really wasn't that much representation in media about um, bisexual women. Um, and the representation about bisexual women was that they were 
you know, sorority girls making out with their friends at parties for their boyfriend or they were like, you know, having threesomes and they weren't like invalid um, relationships with women, especially when I saw like lesbians presented on me- in media. Most of them were very like masculine um, or it was it was just I just felt like really like I feel like I couldn't see myself in any of these people that were on TV. So like it's funny because when people say like, oh, like, you know, my kid's going to be like influenced by like what's on TV. I'm like, actually, no, I was like I I was searching for something that was really going to like, you know, make me feel like included because at the time, especially, you know, as I've gone through life um, at that point in my life, I was very, very feminine always wore heels every day to school, always had my hair done. I was very, very primped and polished. And so I felt like very weird in that space of like, I don't really see myself in other people. And, you know, it makes it seem like bisexual women are not actually like having legitimate relationships with women, if that makes sense. Like it was always to me presented very sexually and I was looking for a relationship, right? Um, so as I went through this, you know, in my head, because I wasn't out at this point, um, you know, it was, it was hard. It was hard. And I felt very alone. Um, I look back at my, <laughs> I'm getting like emotional. I look back this is like a really, by the way, the guys, this is a really personal episode to me. And it was really hard for me to even sit down and do this. Um, I would look at my, you know, I, I've told, I've talked about my mental health struggles, And before I got a diagnosis for like my clinical depression and anxiety, I was not medicated and I was not seeing a therapist in that way. I was really like tormented over my sexuality and it was in pages and pages of my journal like constantly being like, what does this mean? Does this mean this? Does this mean that? And the the stigma that comes with it from coming from a I, I don't want to say my parents are super conservative, but my dad is Italian and the Italian culture is very conservative, um, very much like get married, have kids. Like my whole life, I've been very much pressured to bring someone home and have, you know, babies, even though I have no one in my life right now. Um, so feeling like I would never be accepted by my family in that way. Um, at the time, thinking that I wanted kids, wondering what that would mean um, for me. If I wanted to have children, because again, like, you know, this discussion wasn't really like at the forefront. Now we know that like these things are very like capable of happening, but it's just not at the forefront. It wasn't at the forefront of the conversation back in the, in this time. So um, I held it all in and it definitely, I feel like affected my um, mood and it definitely played into my clinical depression at the time. And um if you didn't know, like depression, anxiety, all these mental health illnesses, suicide, self-harm really disproportionately affects LGBTQ people, especially youth, um, which is why it's so important to have representation, which is why it's so important to have support um, for this community. And if someone comes to you with something like this or wants to talk about this, to be open because you don't understand like what a small comment which I'll kind of like go into small comments that you may make to someone who's questioning their sexuality or trying to figure out their sexuality, how that may affect them and how they may internalize it. So it's really important to be very like open. And if someone wants to talk to you about these topics to just listen, just listen. And if they want advice, you know, give it from as 
open of a perspective as you can. And if you have nothing nice to say, um, don't say anything at all, because that's something that someone can internalize for like years and years and years and have it affect them. Um, so I decided, so like basically when I hit college, as I said, like, you know, women are always over-sexualized. I got to college and I was in a sorority and everybody was making out with each other, right? So um, fun fact about me, I didn't have my first kiss until I was like, I think I was like a senior in high school, actually. I like waited a while. I even like waited a while until I like lost my virginity. I waited until I was like 26 and like I honestly don't give a shit about that. Like, I just, you know, want to give you a little bit of context um, that, like, I wasn't, like, having sex at this time, right? But so I was in a sorority, yeah. And, like, people did make out with – it is true. People did make out with their girlfriends at parties for attention from guys. That was a, that was a thing. Let's be real. That was a thing. So that, that got – I got to make out with girls. And I was like, ooh, this is, like, great. And also I'm feeling the same fluttery feelings that I do when I'm, like, with a guy, right? So – it was sophomore, I think it was, was it sophomore year? Okay, so the summer after freshman year, I studied abroad in Australia. And it was like a very like intensive like work labor program. And I was in Australia and we were hiking up this like mountain, right? And I'm with my best friend from school, took this trip with me. And I'm just having all of this anxiety because when we were out and drinking, um, and I was like making out with girls and I was just I felt like I was just like not I, I don't know it was just I just felt weird about only doing it in the context of that sexual like box if that makes sense um, I was tired of like not being seen as like legitimate because I was doing that um, and because I thought that's the only way that I could experience that if that makes sense um, so by doing that at parties, it was like it was like a double edged sword because then it felt like, oh, well, no one's going to take me seriously. If I actually like like people, they're you know, they're going to be like, well, you were doing that for attention. Right. So I was hiking up this mountain and I was like getting so frustrated because the mountain was like very like it was it was a very hard hike, guys. And like I was in pretty good shape. So I wonder how it was probably a really like difficult hike because I can't like fucking walk across my lawn sometimes without getting winded. <laughs> I'm so out of shape right now. Um, but so I was hiking up this mountain, right? And I start crying and I'm like crying because I'm physically exhausted. I'm emotionally exhausted from all the stuff that's going on. My friend sits down and I'm just like s literally sobbing on the side of a mountain, right? And like everybody's up the hill and it's just me and my friend. I'm just like, I'm bisexual. <laughs> She's like, okay. <laughs> It was like a huge deal for me. And she was just like, I don't fucking care. And that's what's a lot of it's funny for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people that I talk to when they quote, quote, come out, um, it actually isn't really a surprise. And it's like very anticlimactic sometimes. Um, so that's how it was for me. It was very anticlimactic. Um, and so then I was able to kind of like enjoy the rest of the trip and kind of be more start to try to fit, you know, to feel more comfortable with that identity instead of, um, being like, oh, are you going to dare me to kiss this girl? Because I wanted to kiss this girl that I could just go up and like flirt with this girl and like try to kiss her in like a context of like, oh, I think you're attractive. So that was the very first time I came out. Right. So then I went home and, um, you know, I started telling my friends and um, <laughs> I'm not sure if she I think she might be a listener. One of my friends from high school, um, I guess, like was having the same feelings. And like she and I had this little thing. And the thing about 
uh, bisexual women is um, a lot of times like you're not again, you're not considered taken seriously. And in that moment, um, yes, it was like a little fling. However, um, it was something that like I didn't want to affect our friendship and um, I didn't want to. How do I say this? I didn't want it to be a big deal, right? I didn't want people to find out about it and make it a big deal. I didn't really care about it being a secret per se, but I remember that she she had her friend over, a guy friend, and she was bragging to the guy friend about it in front of me, and it made me feel very like invalidated. It made me feel like very used and felt like, wow, she just used me to experiment and then also get validation from this guy friend, right? So there's been so many experiences over my lifetime, guys, that like this has happened to me. And if you're a bisexual woman or even if you're a lesbian woman, you probably can relate. A lot of times when you come out to people, people like women, I'm saying women, um, either I've lost friends because they've thought that I would be hitting on them, which I'm not attracted to everybody. Like, Karen, please, like... (laughs) I, if I wanted to fuck you, I would have already fucked you, Karen. Like, please get 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 a fucking hobby. Um, or you they start questioning their own sexuality or they have some sort of thing going on and they want to like use you as like a token experimentation, which, um, you know, it's like it can be a little bit of a mind fuck, um, especially if maybe you have feelings towards this person um, to have someone experiment with you and you know string you along so that can happen too um I've even heard um I have a friend that uh has like a similar experience to me and she said that like when she told one of her coworkers, like she feels like her coworkers always like making eyes at her and always hitting on her when she's drunk and um I don't know if you guys know this but like bi women are actually like more susceptible to sexual violence and rape and uh you know sexual harassment than both straight women and lesbian women like mo- like I have I have numbers to back this up guys um which I'll I'll go through I have like a list but I'm trying to like be more organic with how I'm telling the story before I kind of get into like statistics but um it's because like people think that they could take advantage of the fact that we like everybody and that's a lot to sit with that's a lot to sit with um, to worry about not only like Jason that I'm going on a date with, but like fucking, you know, Karen is also like creeping on me and Karen's supposed to be my friend. But Karen, when we're drunk, is like being touchy feely with me. And maybe I don't want that. Maybe I'm not attracted to Karen's. Right. So it's 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 really it's a really weird place to be in. So I ended up coming out to my parents. Uh, I think it was. Um, I don't know. I feel like it was probably, I think it was, okay, it was after college. So it must have been, and it was when I lived in Manhattan, because I also remember this. Um, and we were driving into Manhattan and they were dropping me off at my house. So it must have been at least 2012. And I, my parents and I have a very open relationship as far as like what we can discuss with each other especially my mom um we talk about dating we've talked about sex especially when I was growing up they were very uh, my mom was very supportive and open with me about that because she wanted to make sure that um you know sexual violence and stuff like that that I knew uh you know like about ways to say no I knew about contraception so like there was always a very like open line of communication there however when I started dating women at this point at this point I'm now now dating women right um in addition to men um so if my parents asked me about my dating life I felt like I had to hide the fact that like the person I went out with last night was a woman I was just like I have to just fucking get this over with because I don't want to I I just felt like personally I was like thinking that I would maybe come out to them once I was already in a relationship with a woman 
because then it would be more like, <laughs> hey, this is who it is. And I was just like thinking to myself, I was like, you know what? I'd rather get them used to this idea before I bring someone home that I'm uh, serious with if it's a woman, right? Or, you know, any any gender that is not cis male. Um, so I want and I also wanted to just have that open conversation and be like, yeah, you know, it was this person and not have to hide their gender. So <laughs> so I I think we were talking about dating, right? And I like just very I just casually mentioned it. My dad almost drove off the bridge. <laughs> Guys, my dad is very conservative Italian. Um, my mom, I don't want to like, you know, get into what she said, but like my mom was very supportive and my dad was very much like, I don't know why you're telling me this kind of thing. Like I didn't really feel supported by my dad. Um, and I know my parents listen to this podcast sometimes as well, and I hope that they don't take offense to this, but this is literally my experience. So, you know, going about like my mom made an effort, (laughs) my mom made an effort a lot to be like, have you met any men or women lately? And like things like that, like really mean a lot, especially if you're just kind of trying to be comfortable. Like I see that like and I appreciate that. Whereas my dad would not ask me about anything, not want to talk about it. And then um, I remember we were at a Broadway show and there was a gay male couple in front of us kissing. They were on a date. They weren't like making out guys like they were literally it was at a Broadway show. They like were like just being, you know, they were snuggling. And my dad says very loudly to my Nana, who's like 90 years old, um, you know, I just don't understand that. Like, I don't I don't I don't care, but I just don't understand that. I just don't understand that. I'm like, A, first of all, that's fucking rude because the people in front of you probably hear it. B, if that's what you think about that couple, what would you think about me? What would you think about me if I was in a relationship with a woman? Um, you know, I, I like the whole like tolerance versus acceptance thing. Um, where people tolerate people's uh, sexuality, whereas if it was a straight couple, you know, no one would really care. Um, and it's just, it's taken a while. I mean, I would say as far as like my parents go, um, they've kind of come around a lot and they've done a lot of work. Um, and a lot of this work also is due to the fact that my sister is also um, queer. So like they've had to do the work twice so now that they're doing the work the second time I feel like they're kind of getting it a little bit more Um, but little microaggressions like I said like words hurt and like little things that you could say to someone they can hold on to it for a very long time so yeah so that's pretty much like how how I was perceived by my family I would say that I mean I now at this point right um, I got to the point where I was like you know what like because when it comes down to it even with your gender identity it's really no one's business like you don't necessarily need to be out to people like that and that doesn't need to be a big deal because you don't hear people being like hey I'm straight just so you know like it's kind of the whole coming out process is very interesting and like I still have thoughts about it Uh, like like what it is it's kind of weird I don't even know how to describe this but I guess queer people will know what I'm talking about when I talk about this Um, the coming out thing um so like I feel like in like recent years I just have laid back into it and I've just been like well I don't really need to like tell people about this like you know what I mean it's like part of who I am but it's not like who I am right um but in the process of like my sister coming out in the process of what's going on now with the trans community and legislation that's actively trying to harm this community so bad especially the trans community um and having this podcast honestly because I get dms from you guys about this and um 
it's really made me like your DMs have made me like rethink how I want to be as a queer woman more visible, right? Um, something small like having a, a fucking, you know, rainbow um, emoji in your profile is like something small, but it's something that says something to other people. And the thing that I've struggled a lot with this is judgment. Um, judgment from, again, like I was saying, friends, how friends would treat me. Um, judgment, I, you know, being a, being a bisexual queer woman has encountered a lot of issues with me dating, specifically with cis men, cis straight men. Um, I had an ex who literally was convinced that I would cheat on him with a woman. And he was, uh, this is a big stigma when it comes to bisexuals is that we're, attracted to everybody and we're more likely to cheat or we're more promiscuous and that's just not true and that's something that I always explain I'm like no like you know if I'm with you I'm with you just because you are one gender doesn't mean that I feel like something's missing and I need to go seek out a female that's just not how it works that's just not how it works some people are in polyamorous relationships but that's like a a fully different thing than being bisexual and being with a monogamous relationship and automatically assumed to be more likely to cheat is like a lot of weight to put on someone. So that's something that I've dealt with. Even putting it on my profile, um, if I'm online dating, um, a lot of people will message me asking me if I want to have a threesome or like asking like really like sexual questions right out the bat just because my sexuality says queer or just be because my sexuality says bisexual, which is why I usually like to put queer opposed to bisexual because queer to me just means that you're not straight. And then that just opens the discussion instead of putting bisexual, which for cis straight men that are ignorant Assume that means you want a threesome is basically how I read it. I've had, you know, I've had family and friends tell me, well, maybe you shouldn't because, you know, I, I'm i still single right now. I'm single and looking. Hey, hello. Um, uh, some of my friends and family have actually said to me, well, maybe you shouldn't put your sexual orientation up. And it's sad because it's like you feel like you have to hide part of who, who you are. Like I said, it's not it's, it's part of who I am. It's not who I am like as a whole, but it's a big part of who I am and it's a big part of like how I function and what makes me me and um what if that person just you know is homophobic just in general and they don't know that and I'm not upfront about that you know what I mean like there's sexual violence that comes along with um hiding your sexuality or your gender identity um and then people find out um so you you know people treat you differently so it's always been struggle I feel like where I am right now personally now that you've heard my whole story personally where I'm at now I'm in a place of comfort I'm in a place of comfort I'm more comfortable with my sexuality my family is more comfortable with my sexuality and now like I said with the podcast I'm more comfortable speaking about it because I I want to be one of the people that I didn't have growing up um, for people to like resonate with because it's so important to have um, representation and representation of a feminine queer woman who mostly dates men and sometimes dates women but that doesn't make me any less queer than someone who married a woman one of the things that I struggle with um, especially celebrating pride is because I date mostly men um, and that's just because honestly it's fucking easier for me 
it's just easier in life. Um, but I wasn't being really true to myself. So now I'm being a little bit more open with who I date. And I also date, like I said, all genders. So bisexual doesn't necessarily mean um, you're only attracted to men and women. It just means more than one gender. So you can be, uh, it's kind of, it's similar to pansexual. It just has like, it's like a separate name. They're very, very similar. Um, pansexual basically is saying like right out the bat that you're attracted to all genders, but bisexual is like more like, you have to like dissect it a little bit, if that makes sense. And the reason why I usually say bisexual opposed to pansexual is because of bi erasure, which is a big issue. And um, so I like to say that over pansexual because I feel like bisexual is like a term that's kind of dying out and it still needs representation. So uh, where where was I in this story? This is so hard, you guys. It's it is hard. It is hard uh, <laughs> to talk about. Um, so let me look at my notes really quick. So I want to talk about. Um, so yeah. So it's been really difficult for me dating. It's you know it's I I want to be a role model for people who don't have someone like me to look you know to to see themselves in. I guess I'm, I'm gonna say um, and. I want to thank like Lijah Stewart because she's one of the lipstick queers and um, owner of Creative Makeup. And she did a podcast with a podcast called The Spiritual Gaze. And she talked about this because she's very feminine presenting and her struggle. And she came from a very conservative family as well. And when I heard her story, it became it made me become more comfortable with myself because I saw myself in that story. And so having more people like this and if you're comfortable with sharing your story, please share your story and tag me. Um, if you're comfortable with talking about it, just know that like you are seen and that um, it, it isn't falling on deaf ears, I guess I could say. Um, like I said, like one thing that is hard with bi people is because pride is always, you know, just straight or sorry not straight uh gay cis white men in their speedos a lot of the times on floats you don't really see like other representation like as like a whole um so sometimes it feels like it's hard to celebrate when you're not in that also you know there's people that are bisexual or queer or pansexual that are in relationships like I said that um are passing and when I say passing I mean it could pass for a straight couple, but you don't know what those people's gender identities are. There's a lot of trans people that are passing that you wouldn't know um, that they're trans. Um, so a lot of people that are in relationships that are that are passing heteronormative, meaning it looks like a cis hetero male and female um, you can feel like you're excluded from the community and um, fuck that. You're included in the community. You're included in my community. I'm including people in this community. Uh, I want to be included in this community. Even if I fucking marry a basic ass white <laughs> cis man, um, I am still queer and I still will be able to go celebrate that and fuck all the people that think that that's that you can't uh you're you're whoever you're with at the time does not dictate your sexuality um so just to like go over like now that I've can like given you like m like my personal story um just to give you like a little bit more context um that I I found this little post on so you want to talk about if you don't follow them they just literally do posts on different things everything from like 
LGBTQ to like other political issues or like, I don't know, like uh, celebrities, they do all these little posts that just kind of get into like nitty gritty about what things mean. So you want to talk about. So they actually had a post about bisexuality um, and I'll repost it after this episode so you guys can see it. But basically, um, common misconception, bisexual isn't real. You're too or either you're too gay and too scared to come out or it's just a phase or you want the best of both worlds, whatever um you know, you want to be who, with whoever you want to, or and it's it's an excuse to cheat, or in like I said, my my case, have partner pressure pressure me also about group sex, which not everybody's into. Um, but yeah, like that's another thing. Like people think that you're having a phase, um, or especially for bi men, I feel very you know my heart goes out to bi men because a lot of bi men are considered oh if you're a bi man you have to be gay. Why? <laughs> No, let's stop that. Okay, guys, like you can be attracted to all gender and be a cis man if you're listening and you're a cis man and bisexual. Um, I see you. And they get they get I feel like the shortest end of the stick, um, especially when they're, um, you know, out and about in life, because people really disqualify them from being bisexual and being attracted to women. Um, So bisexuals again we don't view the gender as binary we can be attracted to all genders it's not just male and female genders like i was saying before a bisexual women or bisexual people are more at risk of violence than the general population specifically sexual violence and rape almost two uh almost one in two bisexual women in the United States have experienced rape, which is three times higher, three times higher, you guys, than the rate for heterosexual and lesbian women. And 75% of bisexual women, myself included, have experienced all, uh, uh, other forms of sexual violence. So it's really important to empathize with bisexual people be- because like, we're targets, you know, we're, we're targets a lot of times when we're out and we, you know, we're, we're at risk a lot more than, um, you know, the general population. So just to give you a little bit of perspective, um, the discrimination rates, the higher rates of depression, self-harm, like I said, suicide, uh, much, much higher than straight, gay and lesbian peers. So what, you know, bisexual. And I, I wonder what the I wonder what the stats are for trans people, but I'm assuming the trans people are also higher. Um, but it's like the bisexuals are like these weird people in the middle that don't, you know, get as much like notice. Um, and biphobia basically is a thing and it's people that like honestly like intolerate or are afraid of bisexual people um and like I said there's a lot of stigmas over bisexual men I've lost friends um I have friends who have hypersexualized me as well as wanting to experiment with me um the most important thing that I want to hit on is something called bi erasure um which is why which is a huge reason why I'm doing this podcast episode right now um because I don't want by people to be erased or left out of the conversation. So I want to have the conversation with y'all. Um, by erasure, and this again, this is from the So You Want to Talk About account. By erasure or uh, bisexual erasure or bi erasure is an element of biphobia in which the existence and legitimacy of bisexuality are questioned or defined outright, or de- sorry, and den- or denied outright. Examples of bi erasure include. Assuming that two people of the same gender dating means that they are gay 
or two people of different genders dating are straight. Assuming that all queer people are either lesbians or gay and saying that their bisexuality is quote a phase speaking for bisexual people by saying that they aren't actually bi by labeling their identity differently such as saying quote you're really a lesbian like you know that's that's the thing I feel like I hear that a lot with men like by men like oh he's actually gay no no toxic fuck that um, denying the existence of bisexuality in its entirety. Um, and then biphobia, again, is negative reaction to people coming out as bi, comments about bi people not real, trying to pick a side, gatekeeping who is, quote, really bi, really straight, or really gay, um, acceptance of a bi person only when they're in relationship with a person of a different gender. That's something that I really struggle with. Um, acceptance of a bi person only when they are in relationship with a person of the same gender. Um, assuming that bi people are untrustworthy, more likely to cheat, or hypersexual. Something I mentioned, um, you know, the physical, sexual violence, and um, structure biases, which is something that um, I personally have not encountered yet. Um, But, you know, uh, I don't think people realize that going to the doctor is very fucking traumatic for LGBTQ people because when you, you know, things that you all don't think about where they ask you who your partners are and what genders (laughs) the partners are, um, it's, it's fucking traumatic for some people. And you can actually, in the state of Georgia, a doctor can tell me they don't want to treat me because if they know that I'm queer, they are religiously exempt from having to treat me, Um, which is why all the legislation going on right now is just so important to be in the loop for and fight for these rights because um, that's not right. That's discrimination. And, um, you know, I try not to get too deep into politics here, but I am politically active and I have been very open with my views. it is it 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 doesn't all religions it's thou shall not harm right is the basis of religion you know like thou shall not harm love everybody um how could a doctor deny health care to someone who needs it because of who they love or who they have sex with you know it's not like you're fucking <laughs> it's not like i'm fucking a girl right in front of them like fucking treat me <laughs> treat me please uh but yeah it's like these are things that like a lot of people who are not uh, who are straight um and don't have many queer uh ally or aren't like in the queer community actively enough that you you wouldn't think about these things right so i love this on the so you want to talk about it says challenge your assumptions one of the main ways to support bisexual people is to actively challenge biphobic assumptions in our everyday lives biphobia can be found in both straight and queer communities so it's important to address it no matter where it originates. Here are some tips on how to support bi folks. If you assume that a person is straight or gay based on their current relationship, work to reframe your own understanding that the people in the relationship could have be, could be of any gender or s- sexual orientation. Take people for their word if they share multisexual identity with you. Affirm and uplift, affirm, so important, and uplift the bisexual people in your life. And if you hear or see an example of biphobia or bi erasure, address it by, by sharing that bisexuality is real and valid, as well as resources to learn more about bi identities. And I will link as much as I can in the show notes, guys, for resources. Um, but I just want to end on this, uh, like that, like the, that little quote said, um, I see you, okay? Like, all of you queer folks that listen to this podcast, I fucking see you and I love you. Um, the people that 
are not comfortable enough to be out of the closet, I see you too. Um, I encourage you to try to find the resources and find the people that will support you on that journey um, so that you can find yourself. And um, the sooner you're able to start that journey of like self-reflection and self-acceptance, the sooner you'll be able to like settle into that role. Um, I think that if... I think that if bi erasure and biphobia and like the representation was there um, earlier in life, I will would probably be doing be, you know, at pride parades when I was like in, you know, as soon as I came out. Um, my first pride I went to, I think, was when I was in New York City. So it was when it was basically when I was out fully to my parents was when I started going to pride and stuff. And um, you guys um, that are allies, uh, make sure to support your queer friends and family. Um, again, always listen, always, always, always just please listen, um, before you offer any opinion, please listen to, you know, what people have to say and, um, just, you know, be an ally, be, be supportive. If you see like whack shit, just like anything, just like any marginalized group guys speak up when you hear some whack ass shit. Um, because that's the only way that we can make progress and try to articulate your feelings. Um, I know that I try to as much as I can, um, because you don't know how it's going to affect someone, even if someone is resistant to it as at first, you might make an impact with what you say. Um, so, I appreciate you all listening to me. Um, I'm pretty much not going to cut this up. I'm just going to post it as is because I feel like it's just very genuine. Um, (laughs) And uh, I I don't know if you guys like to learn more about me and want more personal episodes like this, please let me know. Um, I just felt like it was, again, really important for me to do, especially with pride, especially with, you know, how I, how I want this podcast to be very open and, um, also, you know, just to give like, again, another plug to these organizations, please, 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 um, if you can donate even, like I said, a dollar, um, please email me your receipt, lipstickbiddies at gmail.com so that I can match your donation. Um, and I hope that everybody's having a wonderful pride. Um, if you're an ally and you get to attend events, shit is fun. Like <sighs> pride is awesome. And, and just like a little side note, Georgia actually has a second pride. They have a pride in um, October in addition to the July one because it is so fucking hot here that they can't host anything. So they have like a couple indoor events. But we had a second pride in October. I'm really excited because my parents are coming to pride and my sister is too. Um, So it's going to be the first time that I really truly feel like everyone's like on board because I mean you can't get more on board than like let's go to a pride parade um and so (laughs) let's 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 go to the pride pride events uh in Georgia so um I'm really excited about that um and make sure to support queer creators support brands that are uplifting queer creators this month pay attention to who is actively promoting pride and not rain not rainbow washing um not like doing it for profit but pay attention to who is actually doing it because they want to uplift these voices please pay attention to the um the brands that are actively highlighting queer creators um year round um uh inclusivity is the most important thing to you know help this community um, is just being inclusive and being an ally if you are not uh, queer yourself. Um, and my friends who have supported me over the years, thank you. You've been amazing. 
Uh, and, um, you know, whoever I end up with, like, guys, like, they're just going to be a good person. And I'm just really happy to now just be, like, more open with this uh, in my business and with my um, – with my platform. So you will see now a rainbow stamp on both of my profiles because that is who I am and I'm proud. So again, no matter who you love, who you are currently in a relationship with, who it looks like you're in a relationship with, whatever gender you identify with um, and your fluidity, if, if you are flu with your gender or your sexuality, you are all valid and you all deserve a place in this community. You all deserve to celebrate and you're all part of my community and my family. And I love you and I will talk to you all next week. Music.